This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Name drop. Okay, so uh, C. Thomas Howell. Tommy, by yeah. the way, happy belated birthday. Thank you, man. December 7th. Yes. Not 1941. Or 42. <laughs> so that day, yesterday lives in infamy. It does. Yeah. It does 57 years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Can you believe it? You were my child. No, it's, it's Listen, when Pony Boy's it? old and great, y'all are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay, speaking of Pony Boy, and I was telling Chris this before you, you came in, and, and I was going to tell you, I wanted to make sure we were on camera. I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know if it's because you were coming here uh, to do the show. <laughs> well, let's hope this, not. Um, but our first name drop was obviously C. Thomas Howell. Everyone calls you Tommy. Yeah. Yes. I watched Tank. Wow. Yeah. James Garner. Shirley Jones. Wait, Shirley Jones. That's two of them right there. And oh, you yeah, give him a bell. Make I'm, sure I'm you thinking, have a bell. Okay, so this is a, this is. We hit the bell and we drop our names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, we, whenever we get well, a we name, we just go just through go, the cast yeah. of the Outsiders, and people will be like, "Stop ringing yeah, that damn that's bell." Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was gonna yeah, say yeah, too. So I was gonna say this is the next one. There we go. The cast of the Outsiders. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just go on the people that you know here, real quick. Yeah. Who do we have? Who do we have here? Emilio. Emilio. Ralph. Ralph. Lord Cruz. Oh yeah! Oh, Tommy. That's right. Yeah, he gets two. Yeah, he gets a couple. Yeah. We'll yeah. give him a couple. Rob Lowe, Matt Dillon. There was more. We're handsome leaving Diane in this. Lane off the list. Yeah. The infamous Leif Garrett. Leaf was uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Tom Waits. So Leaf. Tom Waits. I didn't know. Leaf. Leaf was the one that got killed, right? In that's the, right. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bob. Yeah. And I just watched the whole entire thing. Stab. Did. Yeah. Diane Lane. Amazing. Ah, oh, man. Biggest crush right I there. Had a bad Let's do her again. Did, did, did you guys ever date or anything Hell like no. that? No. She <laughs> no. Date? no. She, was, was she a, a crush? Was no. She like just, a... It was just a crush. Um, <sighs> I mean, she, she. it was like a little lamb surrounded by drooling wolves for months. You know? Oh, for she sure. She was the only female, really. I, but you guys all stayed up playing cards talking about her, right? Of course. Like, well, it, there's yeah. a moment that I had with Diane Lane. I never got to meet her, but I sat in front of her at, at the, the premiere of um, Unfaithful with Richard Gere. And she was with her parents, and she was she was uh, she had a love scene, and it was like really hot. Yeah, and I got uncomfortable because her parents are right yeah, next to me. Her father was sort of a helicopter parent. Yeah, she, he hovered closely and uh, made sure she didn't leave his sight for three months. You know, so oh yeah, uh, but an amazing lady and an amazing talent, and uh, of course Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, just, that's it. Yeah, that's great the, wine. The director, great yeah, wine. That, that's by what the he's way, known for now, yeah, right? The, he's known for the wine. the wine guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, from the outside before the Outsiders was ET. So you worked with two of the biggest directors right off the bat: Spielberg, Spielberg. Yeah, and, uh, it's all down. To, it's downhill from there, man. You start out with Spielberg and Coppola. Where do you go? You know, you're 14, 15 years old. Your worst co-star was an alien. Are you difficult? You know, Apart from his drinking problem, he was he was cool. <laughs> would that would that yeah. be our first alien yeah. name drop? At was we've yeah, ever yeah, had on the show. Yeah, it was it was like a, a circus environment. You know, of course, got to talk about Drew Barrymore and mm-hmm. 
the amazing Dee Wallace, who played the mother. Jeez. Absolutely Man. love her. But it's just going to be dinging the yeah, This is going to be a record name drop. It's, just, I'm sorry. How yeah. many movies have you done? Like 200? Yeah. Just, yeah. Congratulations on Reagan. Thank you. So, uh, he's actually shooting a movie right now. This Dennis is he's Quaid. just taking a Dennis look. Quaid, who plays Ronald Reagan. Yeah, you play Weinberger. I play Weinberger, Secretary of Defense. Yeah. Can we ding him? <laughs> Did you a, do a lot of research on that? A, there, well, you know, that's the thing about doing historical pieces now. Yeah. There's just so much available, right? Yeah. Back before we had the internet, we we had to fake it and uh, or go to your local library. Now it's Wikipedia, man. And go to the what were the big news things? I remember doing reports where you'd have to go and remember those things called encyclopedias. Yeah, oh, encyclopedias yeah, yeah, yeah. that everybody Wasn't used that to Dewey have. Decimal System. I, I, my son's twenty-two. There's no way he knows what that is. Yeah. It'd yeah. be fun to be an encyclopedia salesman now. <laughs> Just roll up somebody. Hey, we have a bunch of books that have everything your you ever wanted to know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I also have this chopper if you want to use it for the kitchen. I figure since you, you, we're all in Nashville, you are. Your album is dropping, right? Or is my it sec- well, my second, second album? album's gonna. Uh, we're gonna release. A, well, we just released a holiday single called "Gentleman Jack." It's out right now, and uh, we'll release uh, another single in January. And now that's how they do it. You make an album, you don't drop your album. Yeah, when? You know. When? Okay, so with your busy schedule, you're you're a hell of an actor, accomplished actor. Thank you. Uh, on, on the big screen and the small screen. And where do you find time for music? And is that why you moved to Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, COVID hit and I always wanted to, to, well, really, uh, back it up a little bit. Okay. Came from a musicless background. My father's a stuntman, mm-hmm. cowboy. That's what you wanted to do, right? That's what I wanted to do. That's how I got yeah. into the business. And, um, I had this idea for a film, sort of a tender mercies type thing about a, about a rancher cowboy that writes songs and, um, I could do the riding, I could do the cowboy stuff, but I couldn't play the guitar. And when COVID hit, it was time to uh, pick up a guitar. And I've discovered I had a knack for words. You know, I spent my life in the two-hour storytelling format, and the two-minute storytelling format was just uh, pretty seamless. And started writing uh, songs and hanging out with the right people, and... Two and a half years later, I live in Nashville. I have my own band, releasing my oh, second album. Band, you got album. your own merch and your album. Wait, first, is, first, first lesson, first lesson in Nashville. It's a guitar. It's a guitar. It's a guitar. It's a guitar. When you played the guitar. Yeah. Tommy Howe. Look at that. American storyteller. You look like Sam Elliott right here. Right. A little bit of like Clint Eastwood. Brother Sam. I see Jerry Garcia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. He's there. Welcome back to the show. We're stoned. <laughs> Wait, really high right oh, now. Oh yeah, we've yeah. got some. We did some great names Sarah there. And Jerry, some great. Um, names. Thanks, buddy. Anyway, so I, I uh, it was a great opportunity for me to um, maintain that creative outlet without um, needing to. You know, it's funny because as 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 an actor, I grew up in the business. Um, it. it the business has changed a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and, and f- film, when I first started out, was special. I mean, all movies were red carpet events, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to grab that last taste of golden gold, gold in Hollywood. I worked with Elizabeth Taylor. Do they tell you to stay golden? Do they tell you one. to stay golden? Wait. Hang on. And, and Margaret, right? I and worked Margaret. with her. Oh, my God. And, oh, yeah. And doing, hot redhead. Doing. Uh, What's the second hot redhead you had? Because the first one was 
obviously Diane Lane. Yeah. And then Anne Margaret. You're Anne into Margaret. redheads. Yeah. Oh my God. That's your thing. That's, yeah, that's why. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got Tiffany, Tiffany coming up. Coming in. Carrot top. Carrot top. Carrot top. I can Loves tell. Oh, you should see him with. Tell, you should see him with Elmo. That's when it gets weird. All the tickles. Well, how do you find the challenges different with music as in acting? Like since you were trained and you grew up in that business and now you're crossing over to this what's what's been the most difficult part about the writing or the performing just being a beginner again you know you go from the black diamond ski run to the bunny hill right and um, you went from skis to a snowboard well sort of from skis to no board really Mm. um it it i love learning and i just surrounded myself with really cool people and um i'm i just shut my mouth and listen and um that's what's great about this town is a lot of people really unlike hollywood um when people say something here they mean it you right know? so we just talked about this yeah. it's today it's like in yeah. this town in, in in nashville uh when somebody looks at you and shakes your hand and says let's do it well you get to call thursday and yeah. it's happening and you know how many times in LA uh, does that happen? Like yeah. never, right? Yeah, there's so, no such thing as a bad meeting in LA. You're like, wait, didn't they say they wanted to get together soon? Yeah, wait, they loved me. Yeah, I got yeah. the part, but I, they I, never called. Right. Yeah, yeah, never called. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no call. Yeah. And I really appreciated that here. I love. I, I come from a background of you know my father taught me, you know, look them in the eye when you shake their hand, and you don't need a contract, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I grew up being on time, prepared, and. Um, the last one to leave, and and that tends to happen a lot here in Nashville. And um, also, it's funny because a lot of singers want to be actors, and a lot of actors want to be singers. singers. And uh, um, having grown up in the business, and with the resume that I've got, I've doors open here for me that. Uh, have been incredible, so I've been blessed. You could even throw art in there too, because a lot of artists, a lot of musicians paint. A lot of, uh, a lot actors, of actors will paint. sculpt or paint. Yeah. Or Sylvester I think Stallone. it's just because you're using that side of your brain and, and you want to, you know, this is what I see, this is what I think. Sure. So, you know, getting to do this, who have you gotten to work with that was... here in Nashville that you've really been impressed with or well, really helped you, you along? Uh, We've only been doing it for two years, but we we opened up for Leonard Skinner. Oh, oh wow! Which was epic. Um, uh, I opened up for Tanya Tucker. Mm. Okay, that's a big one. Um, okay, Larry Gatlin. Uh, I've opened for him. Hey, well, have you been? Did you ever do anything at the Grand Ole Opry since you've been Not here? Not yet, but we're planning on it. I think we'll be there this. this that's a big one. Next year, yeah. The Ryman. Not yet. Not yet. Wait, what's the other one? Uh, the, uh, Bluebird. 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 Bluebird Cafe. That one I haven't been to we're, either. We're getting you in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's been just such a great ride, and a lot of people have um, been super cool about it. So yeah. Well, how about writers? Have you done any so, co-writes, or is this well, all like Wyatt Durrett? Okay. Uh, he's like a Luke Holmes guy, and one of my favorites, a guy named Dave Kennedy and Channing Wilson. Jesus. And, um, just really learning from those guys has been fantastic. Um, these are guys that all have you know. Number ones. Who'd you grow up listening to? What was your? I mean, because you're an you 80s know, I'm guy. A, I'm, a, I'm a Southern rock classic guy. You know, Skinner. I love Skinner. Black Crows. I, I love. Uh, yeah, the Black Crows were cool. Um, the Almond Brothers and uh, um, Tom Petty. Oh yeah, Tom Petty was super cool. I, but you know, for me, just the classic rock vibe. I'm 57. You know, so uh, anything like the Stones, the Doors. Or just epic 
So what made you pick country then? Like, why wouldn't... Um, you know, it was the most honest path for me. It would be like me trying to be a rapper. Right. I'm gonna be I can see that. Vanilla Bean or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 you see a lot of actors out there, and, and it's, it's discouraging. They have not made it easier for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, my father, professional bull rider, uh, stuntman, cowboy. I was raised on ranches. and um, Let's just shout out Chris Rahel. I mean, that's that name drop right yeah, there. That's right. Yeah. That's so you find it more the culture. Yeah kind of brought yeah, you into I just, the country. I just felt like it was the most authentic to who I was. Mm-hmm. And um, it also, you know, I'm a storyteller mostly. I'm not I'm not really going to win any awards for my singing, but um, my, my ability to tell a story is, uh, I think, has value. And this platform, the country music platform, is what that's all about. Do you feel like the acting and the theater and things like that have really made it easier for you to be in front of an audience and know how to storytell? 100%. 100%. You know, I I was really... First of all, you have to understand, I I didn't approach this like I was going to be doing this full time. Mm -hmm. I... I, It was was baby steps. and I, I had a couple of small uh, successes along the way, you know, and and really fell in love with um, the process. It's a it's a great outlet for, like you said, um, just artistically, whether you're painting or singing or acting, whatever. And it gave me what I really loved about it the most is it gave me the opportunity to step away from Hollywood. Because Hollywood's a fickle bitch. Right. Oh, yeah. And like, it's like, it, she's like a fine woman. You can ask her out every single day and she'll hate you. But the second you stop and walk away, she wants to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, it, for me, coming here and focusing on my music gave me the opportunity to just play the roles that I want to play. Like, for example, I have a new show out right now on Netflix called Obliterated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Number one right Number now. Number one. one right Congratulations. now. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, it's... You know, being here and giving me the up gives me the opportunity to um, be more choosy. You know, when you're in Los Angeles and you're not working, it makes you insane because all your friends are working right. and you're driving by studio after studio and seeing movie truck after movie truck go by. But here, when I'm not working, I'm playing the guitar or I'm you know hanging out with friends writing songs. And so the adjustment was pretty easy. It it, it was necessary. Yeah, it was necessary. And having grown up in the business. Um, I, I needed to find something new for myself to keep that. Uh, so I don't be, you know, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of actors my age that grew up in the business that are jaded and miserable, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I didn't want that to happen to me. I, I love to work and I love being on a set and I love that exchange with other artists and traveling and meeting new people. And um, it gets, when you start taking roles that you don't want to be doing, um, it breaks you and it makes people become, um, they, they get sour mm-hmm. and, and I think it's important to not allow that to happen in order to stay true to the work. What about your friends? Uh, even you've, and we just named like a whole bunch of them that I know you keep in contact with. 
You ever talk to Amelia about what you're doing? I talked to Charlie. Charlie? Charlie you're good friends with Charlie. Quite a bit. Well, yeah. you know, we did Red Dawn together. We're talking about Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. So Charlie Sheen, we did Red Dawn together. and Red um, Dawn, one of the greatest. Patrick yeah, I did three pictures with Patrick. Red, yeah. Rest in top, peace. Top, Rest in ten, peace. top ten movies, I think, in my opinion, You've of all time said it. was Red Dawn. Red Dawn. The original, not the Right. You know what I loved remake. about that movie? It was the fact that you guys rated an entire, like, the, the deli, like, yeah, the store. Because when yeah. I was a kid, I was like, "How great would that be? You get all this ammo and even food. that was one of the best scenes for us as well. We loved it. It was like we, you know, we raided the prop truck every day because it was like craft service. Yeah, everything. Oh, did you man. guys know at the time? Like, I mean, it was a big budget, bigger budget movie. But did you know at the time? Like, because I, I imagine I talked about this with somebody how how strange it is to know movies compared to reality you know you're like man i remember shooting this movie and we were just kidding around or we were just doing this was there ever like moments where you guys were sitting there not understanding that this was going to be the movie it was you were just having fun with each other well a couple things first of all directed by john milius oh that's uh you know conan the barbarian he's an amazing writer he, he wrote portions of jaws and um just uh uh something he's a larger than life character and so we knew we were into something special. Um, we didn't at the time know that it was going to be the first PG-13 movie in the history of films. Oh, right. Wow, that's right. Because right. I remember seeing uh, Revenge of the Nerds after that and seeing boobies. Yeah. And I was like, that was PG-13. And so there was, there was definitely, I mean, look, we all grew up playing, you know, cowboys and Indians or army and mm -hmm. you know, throwing rocks at each other. And, and that was it for us. You know, we were breaking down AK-47s with a stopwatch and on our, on our, you know, free time. So, mm -hmm. um, was that filmed in Colorado? We, we actually filmed it in New Mexico, New Mexico. Yeah, okay. Up in, uh, but it was supposed to be Colorado, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Calumet, okay. Colorado. Okay. And, and, uh, it, there was just something really cool about it. It, it just, uh, you know, of course, when you're working as a kid too, you, there's no pressure, you, you know, you don't have, a family you're supporting you're not you're not paying bills and it's all fun money it's and you're working with money, your friends man. and you're working with your friends did you guys at any moment on set or offset have handsome contests <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know okay guys I, shirts I would, off let's stay <laughs> here let's and i would say this just just because i you know I'm, I've, I've got eyes could you imagine if we did yeah like, yes we did all rob the time. Lowe <laughs> definitely won that in the outsiders because you had rob Lowe, tom cruise you know uh, i'll tell you i'll tell you, you a lot of people comment Patrick, on rob but in person, he's not as handsome. Walking into a room, Matt Dillon crushed him. What? Really? Really? Matt Dillon crushed them. Shout the, out to Matt Dillon. The ladies yeah. went freaking crazy bananas over him. And and not taking anything away from Rob. I mean, listen, you know, you sit you sit in a room with the outsiders guys, and you're the you know uh, the ugly duck. It's just like, I mean, even Ralph had that little puppy qualities. Ralph still Maggio, does. You know that still people does. the, the girls. Love him, and mm -hmm. that's the thing about the outsiders. It's like uh, there was a character for everybody in that piece, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're Matt, like a Dallas or a pony boy girl. I or, felt like that know. was like a precursor to like Billy the Kid with uh, Emilio Estevez because he played that same character. I mean, oh, Young Guns, yeah, Young yeah. Guns, yeah, because yeah. it was. I never saw Young Guns, you never seen that. Oh, oh my no. god, did were you ever did you ever get upset with like Rob and all those guys that were members of the Brat Pack because you were kind of you were there, I was a little younger, yeah. So um, I, I, I did have a couple of experiences. I'll tell you what I got upset by. Mm -hmm. I, I went in and met Chris Kane, who directed Young Guns. And he 
told my reps that he didn't think that I could be a cowboy. And I was the only one that was, was a cowboy. cowboy right? Have you seen his face? <laughs> so <laughs> that pissed me off a little bit. And then, you know, they're hiring Kiefer and Charlie and Lou Diamond and all friends. But uh, so I, I suffered a little bit from that. You know, I remember going up for uh, uh, t- to see John Badham for uh, he directed St. Elmo's Fire. And the note came back. Demi. He, was, he was too young. So I got that a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I just was a few years younger than them. And uh, I didn't really fit into the breakfast club. You know? You're like too old to play young parts, but too, too young, young to play, to play old yeah. parts. But you were that age. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That, weird. that kind of works out. Like. But I did movies like The Hitcher, you know, Jennifer Jason Leigh and Rutger mm-hmm. Hauer and um, experiences like that. A Secret Admirer with Lori Loughlin and Kelly Preston. And, and I just kind of did my own thing. Now, how did, how did you not die? Because, like, being a child actor, you know, and you've said it a million times, we've said it before, how Hollywood will, they don't care how old you are, they don't care how nice you are, they, don't, they will rip you apart, and it's such a hard business out there. You hear all these horror stories, like very few child actors. Yeah. Go through the Alyssa Milano's. You know, I got to tell you. Was it your dad? I I, I was just going to say it's because of my father. My father, you know, he, uh, my father's old school, um, a man's man. So nobody effed with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't have, I don't have any of those like horrifying childhood moments where I was, you know. Was it like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Brad Pitt character, your dad? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, and, okay. and when that guy's hanging around the set, nobody's trying to molest you or give you drugs right. or, or anything like that. Um, you know, I I definitely had a good time in yeah. the 80s, but I, I never really um, fell... Uh, I, I was never a prisoner of any substance. Yeah, that's... You know? I smoked weed and... and Shout out weed. I, Shout out weed. weed. Shout out my drug dealer. Drug dealer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was it is it considered a drug dealer if it's uh, just weed? Just weed. It, it was. Yeah. But you know, yeah. like for me, I, I my Delta Nine dealer. What's up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hard drugs just wasn't my thing. Alcohol wasn't my thing, and, yeah. and um, uh, uh, largely due to my my father. I, you know, he and I were very close, and um, I loved I loved working, and I actually l- loved the process of the work. That was my drug, you know. I, I really love to be on a set, and I love carving out a character. And um, drugs got in the way of that. How do you go about doing that? Like, what is your, what's your? Because <clears throat> again, you nailed it. Musicians want to be actors. I've tried doing movies. I've sent tapes, and I have no idea we both how did. to do it. We're both actors. We both did. We Sabrina, did. Yeah, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, we were both. Uh, <laughs> well, we're actually did, uh, We've got a new odd couple shout, coming shout out. Shout out Melissa Joan like, Hart. Um, <laughs> no, but, I, mean, I probably will but win like, awards. What's, what's, the te- like, what's your technique? Do you, when you're playing a role, do you, like, was it Jim Carrey that when he plays a role, he's that person? Yeah. Method acting. And method acting. Yeah. And you want to be that person? Or is you it know, just easy for you, know, you to... I've got to tell you, it's... Um, there's a for you young actors out there um a lot of people say things like you know how do you do it how do you the first thing i want to know is how do you learn your lines well you don't even start there for me it's really about tone and intention and behavior so if you're clear on the tone right what are we doing here what's my intention then the rest really comes into play so I just find that um, my favorite actors were, were 
the most grounded and um, connected and real. You see a lot of overacting and and you know uh, people becoming caricatures of what they're playing. Whether it's a bad guy, you know, Rutger Hauer was the best. I'll tell you a quick Rutger Hauer story. Um, we did the Hitcher together, right? And um, everybody was petrified of the guy, and he had just a monopoly on villains in the right. 80s and 90s. And um, about three weeks in, literally the entire crew was just shaking in their boots, and he asked me to come and have lunch with him. And uh, I go into his trailer, and I'm sitting there in stone, utter silence for 15 minutes as he's you know, chain-smoking camel cigarettes, um, and he's not touching his food. And finally, just out of you know, desperation, I muster up some small talk, and I'm 17. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rutger, you know, uh, everybody says you're a great bad guy. What's your secret to being a bad guy? And he like, picks some tobacco out of his teeth, and he's got that Dutch accent, and he exhales the smoke in my face, and he leans in close, and he whispers, I don't play bad guys. So that effed me up, right? And I sort of slowly backed out of the trailer. And (laughs) (laughs) 25 years later, I was cast in uh, Criminal Minds to play this role of the Reaper. And uh, it was my opportunity to play this this villain. And I really started pondering what Rutger meant in that moment. And it all connected to me because I was old enough to understand. Rutger had an amazing ability to inject humanity into these villains. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't playing a bad guy. He was playing a good guy that did bad things. Right. And that has a different effect on an audience when you approach that type of character. So I sort of take that um, hook into everything I do as an actor and find I, I, I prefer to play those are the best villains yeah I yeah, prefer yeah, to yeah. play broken people uh, I, I, I like finding you know flawed characters um, one of my favorite characters I ever played was in a show called Southland where I played this uh, cop named Dewey that was this uh, shout out to Dewey yes Dewey. he was you know sort of uh, old school kind of alcoholic misogynistic slightly racist slightly effed up cop right that was driven there from the business and every week i would i would get a script and i'd be like holy crap man really like how am i gonna pull this off and i would find a way to make this very unlikable moment somewhat likable in a way Mm -hmm. and and i became addicted to that it's like a puzzle well bad guys bad guys don't really consider themselves bad guys right no because if everybody was like, well, oh, wait, you know what? I figured out I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Maybe I should stop doing this. They're just messed up people. And you, talk, they talk, you always talk about, oh, um, they are sociopaths or they, mm-hmm. they're, they're psychopathic or they're disconnected. But if you can find a way to connect and be grounded and do that stuff, there's something very disturbing about that. Then, you know, the guy that's above it all could never die. And he's gonna, he knows he doesn't die until page 90, so he can act like a buffoon through the whole movie. I hate watching actors that, that do that. I'd much rather watch somebody. Did you think that f- for that one second, because um, you got into commercials before you started doing film. Hey, Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid was that? That yeah, was, was one. That was one? Yeah. That, was that your first one? Uh, my very first was it Saturday morning cartoons commercial. commercials. That would have been great. Did you ever have the Kool Aid Man over to your, like one of your birthday parties? No, but or I, he something? was there. I remember we were riding horses, and I remember this epic accident because they tried they they, they got the Kool Aid guy up in a crane and tried to set him on this horse. 
It was a be- <laughs> that went bananas. The best commercials and there ever. It was a very broken Kool Aid man. Oh, oh, for yeah. those of you at home that understand, like especially for like Saturday morning cartoons, the. The Kool Aid guy was the coolest thing ever, and it was the best. They were the best commercials. Hey, Kool Aid! I remember. I was oh, like, yeah. riding horses yeah. makes me hot and thirsty. Yeah. Hey, Kool Aid! Yeah. Here he oh, came. Oh, man. Man. That was it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kool Aid like created a lot of people with diabetes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that just ruined my childhood right That's there. Yeah. Well. And then they turned into mine. Fun Dip. And my pops is a big Kool-Aid guy. Oh, yeah, Fun Dip. Fun Crack. Fun Dip, yeah, yeah Fun yeah. Dip was great. That was your second one? First time no, I ever I'm did saying cocaine. that's what Kool-Aid Oh, yeah, Kool-Aid again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we went from that to um, your first movie. How did uh, the whole auditioning process with well, Steven I did, Spielberg? I did, I did a couple of small things um, because I was sort of a stunt kid. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did a, a remake of A Wonderful Life with Marlo Thomas, and I wrote... yeah. Merry I was, Christmas, everybody. I was about eight years old, <laughs> and I wrote the. I played her younger brother, the the kid that fell through the ice and oh, yeah. became deaf. Mm-hmm. And um, I I did that because I could do the gag. You know, I was doing the stunt, not because I was a great actor. And I met I met Spielberg. My father picked me up in high school, and um, often he would come and pick me up and say, "You know, you have a meeting today, and we're going into town." And I wouldn't really question what Pop was doing, and he mm-hmm. said. Uh, um, you have to know how to smoke a cigarette. And he <laughs> handed me a pack of Marlboros and some matches. And non, said, non-filter? Light this up, right? <laughs> and uh, um, he drives me down to uh, Laird wow. Studios, which is in Culver City. And uh, we walk into this room, and there's like seven dudes that all look like John Stamos with piping blue eyes and feathered black hair. And I'm looking at my dad going, there ain't no way, man. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Your kid's yeah. not handsome. He said, just, <laughs> well, just wait, just wait. They went in one at a time. I was the last one to go, and I walked in, and there everybody was. Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, Spielberg, uh, Marcy Liroff, all the casting people, Mike Fenton, um, and a stool with lights like this. Oh, stool. And I'm <laughs> sitting there, and uh, he starts asking me questions, and, and he kind of dug the fact that my father was a stuntman, and they were more interested in the fact that I could ride the bike. You know, he was like, can you ride a bike? I said, man, listen, I ride Did you see E.T.? Uh, he wasn't there. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, growing up on a ranch, riding horses, riding bulls, like riding a bike was nothing for me. We had a pretty good conversation. And then. Did he make you cry? Uh, no, that was Henry Thomas. Yeah. And then he gets to the point where he says, uh, How do you feel about smoking cigarettes? And so I pull out this rumpled pack of marble. <laughs> And How I, old were you at the time? I was like 12, uh, 13. 12, 13. <laughs> I stick a cigarette in my mouth and it does, you know, a 90 wow. degree turn bent and broken. And I'm striking this match and they're laughing their asses off. And they just said, fine, kid, you got the part. And I walked out. With wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. That is insane. Like now he would be sued. And, yeah. it, and Steven Spielberg would be canceled like giving a 12 year old a cigarette and, and, and when he didn't he brought his own I yeah. would own the film yeah. I mean, C. Thomas Howell presents E.T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there, was there one role that you that you did that I mean it turned out to be awesome because most of your films uh, my god um, that you wish you didn't do or most of them yeah, most probably, of them probably um, I'll tell you what I was Marty McFly for a couple weeks I heard about that yeah you were, it was down to you and uh, Eric Stoltz wasn't well, it well what happened was um Wait, by the way, you're I, you know, Spielberg was involved in it, and um, uh, of course, I had worked with Leah Thompson from Red Dawn, and um, I was basically on the set rehearsing, gone through wardrobe, um, spent about ten days with everybody, pretty much had it wrapped up, 
and um, a movie opened called Mask. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Share, right? Yeah. And it was uh, a big hit for Universal, and somebody got this Send genius idea and said, hey, let's, uh, let's cut Tommy loose and let's give it to, to Eric. And um, they shot with Eric for six weeks. And this is, the irony is pretty amazing. Uh, I'm in a pancake place in Hollywood called The Source. And uh, this is about six, seven weeks later. And in comes a friend of mine named Johnny Philbin and Eric Stoltz. And Eric looks like he's just been beaten up by Muhammad Ali. And they come and they sit down at my table. And I said, well, what's going on? And uh, Philbin looks at me and he says, you're not going to believe this, but um, Eric just got fired today. And of course, we didn't have cell phones back then. And I had to put on the performance of a lifetime and pretend that I was upset that he got fired. <laughs> As I immediately paid my bill and ran to the nearest phone. He got a golden gold. He called my agent. Yeah. I was like, guess what? He was like, chill out, Pony Boy. They went with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and so, you know, the rest is history. Do you get Pony Boy a lot? Uh, pretty much every day. Every is day? That, is that yeah. the biggest one of anything you've done? Is it always the Pony Boy? You know, Boy? I mean, it could have been worse. I mean, I could have been chocolate. What, what was the Soul Man guy's yeah. name? Uh, Mark Watson. Mark Watson, yeah. yeah. You went to Harvard. I'm never called Soul Man. Most people, you can't find that film, so it's a weird I, time. I found it last man. night. I've watched they, three of films last night. Did they make it, dis- really? they it, make it, it disappear? I'm not kidding They made you. it disappear. They made it disappear. Made it disappear. Yeah, you well, think it, how hard do you think it would be to make Soul Man today? Well, I mean, they did Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, but that didn't go over so well either. Mm. I mean, never go I full thought it was words. epic. Yeah, I thought, I, thought, I thought Downey was great in it, but I mean, I don't know if I can say that without being canceled. No, well, we'll all be canceled. But I, way, Downey. I, you know, I just think people take shit too seriously now. You know, you can't be funny anymore, and you can't say this, and you can't say that, and yeah. you, this is offensive. And, um, you know. Did you meet your wife on set? On that? Uh, married briefly Real to okay. Radon yeah, Chong. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Chong Tommy was Chong. my father in law. Amazing guy. Bet you got the best weed then, huh? You know what? You know what's weird? Shout Tom, out weed. Tommy. Shout out to weed again. Shout out weed. Tommy is known for being sort of a smoky pothead guy, but he's not really, man. He 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 did smoke occasionally, but you would think the dude would just be oh, you know God. lit up he, like Snoop, right? Yeah. But not not at all. He he is uh, highly intelligent guy, um, very 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 smart businessman. And um, I had some of the best times with him. He was, he's just a great guy. Man, you're really breaking my heart right now because I... I you just pictured him. I just, hey, I just pictured just going over there and going, like what is that, Nag Champa? Yeah, just got to dilute the smell. Your name's I'm Tommy, sure. my name's Tommy. No way, man. <laughs> this That's is like great. the biggest. This is so fun. Yeah. So out of all the people that you've met here in, uh, in Nashville in the last couple of years... Um, Besides for us, who are your favorite? Who, who, besides the two, the two of us, two singers right here. By the way, you know NSYNC, You are not right? yeah, yeah, a singer. Yeah, yeah, You're not a singer. What's that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to prove to you that I'm a sing, I am sing in the eighth you grade do, choir. No. No, but it's a good one. When you we're sang back up. Back up there. That's not true. It's not true. I sang, I sang my heart out. And, yeah, and you even said, you're like, wow, that was amazing. No, I'm, I'm amazed when you're actually on key for a second. I'm on key like pretty much the whole, that, what's the, it's just name drop. Was it difficult? Like was it difficult for you, like doing a record, like going, I'm not really, you know, I, I wasn't trained in singing or music, like just to jump into it and go, I know the, one of the things that I love that you said was that you listen. Yeah. And in and, and any business, you know, acting, yeah. art of any kind, Just if shut you your can face. sit back and listen, up, you'll always be okay. But how hard, how difficult, because where people are like, oh, you could it. sing. I, it, 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 
it's a little bit harder now because I knew so little that there was n- nothing to lose. No fear. No. Now yeah. I'm vested. Now I'm I'm here, mm-hmm. and I know just enough to get my ass in trouble. Right. So you would be. I would be nervous being on set with you because you're an amazing actor. Did you get nervous being on stage with somebody that There's is an that. amazing musician? There's that. You know, like I'm standing there in front of Johnny Van Zant, and wow. he's like, "Hey, man, great set." I'm like. Oh my wow. God! You know, thank you. Can I get you some coffee, sir? You know? <laughs> um, and you know, I got I got to go out in front of Tanya Tucker, and and everybody's yeah. there to see her, and I'm opening for her, and you you feel it a little bit, but once you know how it is, once you clear the curtain, yeah, it just is there a collab that you would love to do? Um, so many, man. I mean, there's so many great. Listen, down where I go shopping. Uh, you know, you're either standing in line behind Kenny Chesney yeah. or Reba or Chris Stapleton. Yeah. You know, Timberlake is mm-hmm. down there. Well, she's got, Reba's got, I mean, you're going back in the whole, like, you know, Wait, singers Timberlake. becoming actors. Yeah, Tim, yeah, Justin Timberlake. Calls himself Tim. He's now. in this band Just called Instinct. Tim's. Tim's. Oh, he goes by Tim's? No. No. He had this new movie out. He, he's an actor. He had this, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I wanted to give you this. If you could do me a favor and sign. Okay, you sign this one. Trolls. Trolls, Are you serious? trolls in theaters now. Yeah, I'm trying to piggyback everything I can. There you go, Tommy. Just get that one right there. And just sign. Oh, wait. I don't even have this. Yeah. More importantly, I'm not in this, bro. <laughs> no, but, but I just I'm, sign will you but sign I'm not, it. I'm not in this. My kid likes it. Sign I get it. that a lot. I get, I get people coming up to me asking me if I'm Rob Lowe. Yeah, who do you get the most? Like who? I, that's strange. <laughs> and I, I always wonder if they go up to other actors and say, hey, you, you, know, you see Thomas yeah. Howell. Yeah, buddy. But, um, yeah, just like, just like two Brian. I'll trade you. Just yeah, say like two Brian, my best I friend. I guess the story's over. He wants to say <laughs> just like, just, no, Two just Brian, like, my two, best but friend. Two Brian, my best friend. I love you so much. I love the holidays with you. How about just stay gold? Pony boy. Well, stay you, know, you, yes. know, you know what's funny about this is you and I met at a... Legit. At a comic Thanks, con. Thanks, yeah. One of the cons. And do you do those a lot? Like, and what is your I experience? Probably do four with, a year. What is your experience with those? Because they're draining. <laughs> to me, they're very draining. But it's cool to I, I be able to. I tell that to people to... all the time. You know, it's like uh, being nice all day long for three days in a row will kick your ass. Yeah. You know, and there's no reason to go there if you're not going to be nice all day long for three days in a row. I really find it's uh, grueling. I, I want to punch people that go there and hate it, and and you know are wait, making people wait in their line mm-hmm. and you know taking four hour lunches it's just like what's the point of that right if you're gonna go hug it out man yeah take the photo sign the shit um be cool and uh that's why i sort of pick and choose the ones that i want to do but listen you know covid hit the strikes hit the, the cons put a lot of bread and butter on on mm-hmm. performers tables and um I, I, I'm grateful for those moments. I, I'm also grateful that I don't have to do them. There's a lot of people that that's what they do now. They have to, right. Uh, but I, I'm strangely embracing my gray hair and wrinkles and playing roles now that um, I really love. I'm really proud of the work in Obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know definitely not for everybody, but it's for a lot of people. And to me, um, just feeling more comfortable with who I am as I grow and being able to share that with more and more people, whether it's through music or, or acting, um, is a gift, you know, and I, I'm just, I, I'm not bitter yet. I'm not jaded. I don't, I don't hate people. I'm not on the set 
wanting to be somewhere else. I'm not at comic cons wanting to be mm-hmm. somewhere else. I'm present. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I got this saying that I live by that's hundred percent committed and 110% unattached. Right. So mm. I go for it and I walk away and when it's over, it's over, whether it's an audition, a film, um, a, a track that we're recording, whatever it is. I, I don't let it haunt me at home. A podcast. Yeah. A, well, <laughs> I think you'd hit the nail on the head too, where it's like, you know, you're at a place now where you do it because you love to do it. I'm sure yeah. there were times where you're like, you were saying in LA and stuff with the gigs, God, I got to go to my next gig. I got some tough times, man. Now you, you know, get to make music. Listen, when you're on the set running from a Martian on the sci-fi channel, you know, you, you, you're not the what happiest Martian? dude. You know what I mean? Well, when you see these <laughs> movies, whether, whether it's called like Anna Crocodile or oh, whatever yeah. these movies are yeah, that yeah, you yeah. see, I mean, these, these guys. Sharknado. So, yeah. Sharknado, you Sharknado. are not. Sharknado 3. You are 3. It's, you know, the, I don't think that these people are super happy doing it, but it's they're still in the business somehow. Well, in my defense, I don't think I even got paid for Sharknado 3. No, really? I just did you get to be eaten in Sharknado? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I did. okay, good. Would I you just ever... wanted to be in Sharknado 3. You have this look now. It's it's a it's a genuine like yeah, nice rugged look. Jerry Garcia. You no, said, not right? Jerry Garcia. No, no he the said picture it. does. No, I'm saying more like <laughs> like a Sam get Sam Elliott look, but would you ever do a Coors commercial? Coors. Oh, hell yeah. Like Coors, because you got yeah. that. Your voice is Absolutely. raspy now, like at that grovel. Uh, he's got a pack of smokes he's like, already what in his he's like, vest, uh, just in case. Uh, Coors, the other white meat. Oh yeah, <laughs> right? Right? Coors, right? The, the other white. No, no, meat. no, it's pork. It's pork. Yeah, the other white meat. No, I like Coors better. Pork, the other white. Coors. Wait, you got it. You got it down pat. Yeah. You do. Did have you done voiceovers then too? Many, 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 many video games. Video games. Yeah. But I'm usually the villain. You know, I played Reverse Flash. And Captain Cold and things like that. Wait, you were, you played? I did not know that one. You yeah. played Reverse Flash. Yeah. Oh man, this is... my kid would lose his mind right now. No question. He loves Flash. Reverse I, I mean, Flash. I mean, that's what the cons are great for. I mean, you get you know these little nerdy dudes that come up to you and they just start pelting you with questions yeah. about DC and Marvel that you have no idea how to answer. And um, it's 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 a it's a world, man. How about the fact that one thing that I loved about it was, and you were a big part of that too, was it, especially at that one. You know, we both were with Anthony uh, Anzaldo mm-hmm. at the time, and um, you know, we go to me. Did he you, not deserve a ding? Me? Oh yeah, yeah. Anthony. Sorry, Anthony. Saying. He might watch me, this. Me, you, wow. and Talk me, about you and out. yeah, <laughs> me, me, you and Ralph went to went to Ralph have, Macho? Yeah, Ralph Macho. I dinged him. Try to kid. Have some uh, also outsiders. Outsiders. Um, had some lunch, and and I go back, and I'm just like, besides for getting to see and and talk to fans because we haven't toured in twenty some years, so I'm face-to-face with fans that I normally would never have met or, yeah. or got to see and the money but the the people you hang out with and the people you meet it's incredible because people forget that we are big fans too you know there's things that we love you know your work Ralph's work everybody's just being around it and getting to hang out like I'll watch a random movie sometimes and I'll be like oh man I hung out with that guy at a con one well, time well you know it's it, that's the best part like I, you know, 25 years ago I did a movie with Giancarlo Esposito who played Gus in Breaking Bad and he was mm-hmm. in Star Wars oh, what yeah. movie was that um, it was uh, you've done so many films you uh, yeah, probably forgot yeah. the name of the film it just all becomes one big craft service table woman after, <laughs> woman after a minute we're gonna find this out ding yeah. for craft service yes, table yes. woman of a certain age is she's on this one yeah yes. so uh, long story short you go and you you find out oh 
God, you know, Giancarlo's here, and you search him out, you cut the line of 500 people, and you hug it out and mm-hmm. reconnect. And, um, I, you know, same thing has happened with uh, uh, Marty Cove from Cobra Kai, you know. Yeah. A killer within? A killer within. Yeah. Wow. Killer within. Killer within. Wow, that's. Thank you, woman of a certain age. That's, that's right. Big one to forget. That's awesome. Um, again, once you, you know, uh, 110% unattached. You know, killer within. I just you don't you can't hold on to them. And, and then when you, you you back to the story, you go back and you you connect with somebody. You see, I get to see Ralph and and um, these guys are they're you know they're partying. You right? Mm-hmm. I grew up with Ralph mm-hmm. and uh, Billy Zapkin. And I did a movie when I was 17 years old called a Tiger's Tale. That I do remember. He's with, here in town too. With Anne Margaret, he lives here. He lives in Nashville, and. Um, He's a great guy, and, and we get to just kind of sit back and go, holy hell, you know? Yeah. We've got kids older than we were when we worked together. Do you think Do you think maybe a great moment for you would be if you're out somewhere, you're doing something, and somebody comes up and says, like, I love your new album? Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, because you've got this giant field well, of work. It's, it's taken a minute. And know, this like, is something that's When your... I first started, I was... I was sort of beat down, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus, but there are certain actors out there who really make it hard, you know. Um, but I think uh, my music, and if you guys get a chance, you listen to something. Oh, we have it's Pony Girl. You know, it's 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 um, people have been coming up to me, going, "Wow, I didn't really expect that," you know. So. That's been really cool. Yeah, that's, that's the really biggest cool. compliment you could get. You know, we're getting a lot of spins on the ho- holiday song right now, and um, I'm like, I'm I'm going on a radio tour on Monday, and I'm getting sent um, uh, sort of the added stations plus you know the amount of spins. And my mind is going. Wait, what's the, what's the song? Crap. It's a song called Gentleman Jack. Okay. Yeah, so check that out. Okay. Check out Gentleman Jack, and it's a song I'm very proud of, and um, it's a type of music, like I said, it's, it's, I try to make music that I like mm-hmm. instead of what I think will be uh, successful or mm-hmm. what I think other people will like, and I just stay true to myself, and, and I have nothing to lose. I'm not out here trying to be famous. I don't need to make money. I, don't, I just want to m- sort of... If I can connect to people, so whether I'm acting, connect with people. If I'm singing, connect with people, and that's why we're really here. And I think when artists lose that and they're all about themselves, I mean, even even you guys just say yeah. with f that, right? Just with that statement alone, you fit in Nashville. You fit in. Well, that's why I'm here. You yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. it's not a struggle for me to be here. I, I wish I'd have moved here years ago. I wish I'd have got into music years ago, but I don't think I was ready. Um, and one of the things that I love about performing the most is. Um, my ability to tell a story and once I found out that I could incorporate that into my show I think um, I became a better performer when are you playing again uh, well we're gonna next week I'm gonna start touring oh, these the, radio, the radio stations, shows. Yeah, radio stations. but, but um, yeah. like uh, probably we got a couple things scheduled in March that um, I'm looking forward to and um, I just got. I just kind of refaced the band. And that's another thing, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's a constant turnstile. You, you I, I, I was with a group of guys for about a year and a half, and then we shut down a few months ago, and everybody kind of found some new things, mm-hmm. and you have to breathe into that and let it go, and then find new people and start again, and then the sound changes a little bit. And when I first got here, I was like, I'm gonna find my band, and we're gonna go the yeah, distance, you right. know. And then of course. Uh, 
that isn't the case and you realize that uh, everybody's you know kind of looking for um, their own thing generally well what, that, that being said what what is your ideal situation for your music like a tour um, being the Grand Old Opry, doing stuff where... You know, I, I, of course, I, I love touring. I love playing uh, live. But my favorite thing to do is um, is recording and working in, like, post. Just mm -hmm. putting the song together. Um, working with the best musicians in town. I'm working with people like Janae Fleener's all over my next album. She's just won her fifth musician of the year at the CMAs, and she's the... You know, plays fiddle for for Blake and Tim and all the guys, right? So they're just incredible. And um, one of my favorite guitarists, a guy named Mike Rogers, who plays with Ricky Skaggs, and he's one of my dearest friends. And um, I'm just hanging out with these people that are savants at what they do. You know, they're just absolutely genius. And uh, to be able to play with them and write a song and send it to somebody and say, hey, will you come in? Like, I just recorded my whole album at the, at the Cash Cabin where Johnny Cash mm. did all his things and sitting in a chair where Loretta Lynn wrote stuff and oh, Earl right Haggard and everybody, you know? And mm. so the history in, in these rooms that you can work in here mm. is, is just phenomenal. Do you have a studio? Not at home. Not at home, but I. I he was asking because he wants to. to get, you <laughs> want to record something? Yeah, no, I got to come over. My <laughs> stuff's all in storage. Tommy, if we'll I be could, out of your uh, way. Don't worry about us. Come over. And... So, I, question about Gentleman Jack. Is that about whiskey? About being alone on Christmas? And you're you like, know what? You got it, your good it is friend? a little bit. It's about a teddy bear. Is it really? It's about a teddy bear. And so, no. It's basically no. about it's about a guy um, that grew up poor uh -huh. and uh, just sort of being happy for the things that you have and not worrying about the things you don't have. Do you find when you write then that you're a lyrics guy first? Because if you're if it's your storytelling, it seems like you're like, you know what? Here's my story. Now let me find a melody for it. Well, you know, I, the short answer would be yes, mm -hmm. but I think lyrically, you know, your melody kind of mm -hmm. comes through that. Um, but I got a couple of different writing partners. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. That uh, I can send words to, and we can hash through melodies. And uh, some of them will send me a riff, and I'll be like, "Oh," and send them some words, and we mm -hmm. find it that way. You know, I'm sort of a um, outlaw country guy. You know, I like writing about, you know death and guns and shit like that. oh yeah, yeah. who's uh, your favorite outlaw country guy uh i mean you know it's tough it's tough to to be you know if you would consider merle outlaw country yeah um you know waylon is amazing uh, of course love waylon i'm a big chris christopherson fan think he's fantastic but i also like the other softer americana guys you know jim croce james taylor um gordon lightfoot um, those those storytellers, you know. In sync. <laughs> love, love. This just said yeah, our story, our story. We're bye, getting bye, into bye. the the, the whole because that's that's what you're talking about. The bad guys in the group, <laughs> right? Because you got the good guy like Justin, oh cute, and then you got the bad guy like Chris, yeah. the bad boy. So Why am I the has, bad guy? Because you're like you're the you're, you know what I mean? What do you mean the er? Just like er, <laughs> like look at the camera. <laughs> I'm just saying like. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we're, we're, I'm just trying to incorporate yeah. you guys. You guys. So, so how about nowadays? Who, who in today's country, would you say that you would 
maybe go, oh, I like what they do? Or... You know, here's, here's, here's where I fall. Uh, here's what kind of separates me from, from today's country. There's, there's those that are from the South that have what I call Southern guilt. So they shun country and anything South mm-hmm. because they, you know, there's a certain um, uh, stereotype that comes with being Southern. And it's not all true, you know, but if you if you were raised in the South and you're a young country artist today, you want to embrace a lot of qualities that aren't country and aren't Southern. Um, But I like I like the hard ass guys, you know, I like uh, I like, uh, you know, for example, like uh, Dwayne Betts and Devin Allman, you know, Mm. these guys don't give a shit right they're there to tear up music and um not to be politically correct and you know whether you like him or not you know kid rock doesn't care what you think right you know bob Bob. Bob doesn't give a rat's ass right you know i just think nowadays it's just it's tough with social media to do anything and and that's why you know i was basically where i was going with that was was you get instant criticism, but you also get instant trolls. And you could have the best record, the best song, and especially when it comes to music, and I'm sure I'm a horrible actor, but I'm sure in acting it's, it's the same. When you do this, this is you. Like you're basically putting something out that is you standing there to the world going, hey, this is me, and now instantly people control you and go, "It sucks." Well, here's a, here's, a, here's an example, horrible. right? So my current drummer, who's an amazing drummer, was Ted Nugent's drummer for nine years, and this kid's 28 years old, uh, and he shreds. And so I posted something up about him being Nugent's drummer, and I'm getting, you know, a lot of crap about, oh, are, is this mm-hmm. represent you politically and and it was like, represents me musically. Dude just was drumming for Ted Nugent, yeah. and now he's drumming for me, man. You know, I'm I, I'm not even a political guy. I don't, Can't we all just get along? It, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. But that kind of crap forces you to become political when when you're like I'm I'm just hanging out trying to write a song, and now I'm fighting for my mm-hmm. life because of it. Yeah. And it's a weird thing, and you see a lot of artists get caught up in and that. And if you I, dodge I questions, or if you do anything, you're, you're labeled one way. Yeah, it's, that's all bullshit. It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. It's a, We're just angry. I'm mad now. I just... What? Nothing. <laughs> Christmas is coming up. You can say Christmas, though, Oh, right? Christmas. Yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. Well, that's, a, that's a Gentleman Jack. Yeah. 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 This is, we'll, we'll go get Gentleman Jack. That'll be on the new playlist our christmas playlist we hope we to see have... you again and we want you to come back on yeah. i appreciate it do you are, yeah. Yeah, i gotta tell you this has been a dream for me thank you guys yeah. like my thank childhood you. thank you but before yeah. we go we we have we do this one thing at the oh, yeah. end okay um where we we sing. we sing do you have the pitch pipe there once was a shit no what are you singing we just we just go it's gonna be name drop that's all it is. Beautiful, man. Okay. So, name it. drop. Ready? One, One two, two, three. Name drop. 
Miserable. Yeah, oh, no, it was wasn't. I, I got nervous. Yeah. You were right was, in my ear that time. No, it wasn't. Yeah. You know what happened? If you were in my ear yeah. monitors, I, had, I would I shut hic- you off. I had a hiccup. And it Is was that like, what it was? Yeah, it was. Can we try one more time? And sure. I promise it won't mess okay. this one up. One, two, two three. three. Name drop. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks. Nice. Ironic. Second chances, we're man. Second chances. We nice. can bring this insane thing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just call me. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Name drop. A Huda Media Production.